This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I hope that you are doing well. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am excited to talk with you today about questionable expectations. I know for sure this episode is going to help so many of you who find yourself struggling with unmet expectations in your marriage. And I think expectations in general are one of those topics that everybody knows needs to be addressed, yet there aren't a lot of resources or processes or perspectives that would be helpful to get you through it, right? I'm sure it is a source of frustration in your marriage in some way or another. So today we are going to be diving into that topic. And as I thought about it, right, like we have unmet expectations in so many different areas of our lives. And I was thinking about even here, you know, my daughter is in second grade and her school has this after school program and it wasn't an operation last year because of COVID and they brought it back this year. And one of the greatest advantages that I saw to having her go was they do homework for the first hour. And so I was like, this is perfect. I will pick her brother up. He goes to a different school and go pick her up. Her homework will be done already. We'll get to come home and relax and chat about our days. And then I'll make dinner and the night will just be so great because I won't have to worry about homework at all. That is not at all how it's been going. (laughs) So some days she does complete her homework more than not though she doesn't quite finish it all not because it's not able to be done in the time frame but my daughter is a chatty Kathy and she is also easily distracted and so I'm sure she is having all of those things happen for her and so her homework comes home not completed and we get to spend no less than 30 to an additional hour finishing it. And that is a major mismatch of my expectation. And so what I had to do was I had to recalibrate what I was anticipating would actually happen. And so instead of expecting that her homework would be done and that we'd get to come home and I wouldn't have to really deal with that, just check it. 
I just made peace with the fact that let's assume none of her homework gets done. Let's assume that like every day she comes home, we need to spend an hour going over her homework. Now, by the time we would get home, it's almost five o'clock. So you can imagine a seven-year-old doing homework at five o'clock after having a full day of school, a mom (laughs) doing homework at five o'clock couched between a very busy work day and then needing to prepare dinner, right? It's like a high stress situation, but I prepare for that, right? I prepare for it to be hard. I prepare for it to be uncomfortable. And I do what I can in terms of the things within my control to keep myself as calm and centered as I would like to be. And so I tell you that story because as we dive into some expectations that may not be met in your own marriage, that you just have this frame of reference, right? And I want you to even think about like, how would you handle that situation? Would you talk to the, you know, after school program people and try to get them on board with having the expectation met? Would you talk to your child and like potentially threaten them or try to find some way to get them on board? Or would you just accept the situation is what it is and adjust yourself accordingly? However you might handle a situation like that is probably also showing up in your marriage. And I just want you to take note of that. Like when an expectation isn't being met, do you recalibrate the expectation or do you push through with trying to create circumstances and get other people on board so that the expectation is met? Just a fun thing to be thinking about. So I thought it was important that we distinguish between expectations and personal desires because they're not entirely the same thing. So when I looked up the definition of expectations, what I found that was relevant to our conversation here was this belief that someone will or should achieve something. It's a strong belief that something will happen or that something should happen. And I want you to just think about that. Like, do you have a strong belief that someone, i.e. your spouse, will or should do something? That something very specific should happen or it will happen or it needs to happen. That is an expectation. On the other hand, a personal desire is defined as a strong feeling of wanting and wishing for something to happen, right? So it's should happen versus I wish it would happen. I would like for it to happen. I want it to happen. And personal desires express a wish to someone. They're an invitation. It's something that you're hoping for. It's not a demand or mandate, It is just what you would like. So I want you to even just begin thinking about where do you live in your marriage? Do you live in the place of expectations or do you live in the place of expressing your desires? And here's what I find. Whenever we have a list of shoulds, that's shoulds, S-H-O-U-L-D-S, right? Shoulds. It leads to either entitlement, judgment, 
and or disappointment. So entitlement is like, this should happen. I'm owed this, right? Judgment comes when it doesn't happen. And then you judge the person for being wrong or at fault in some way for not abiding by the thing that you've decided should happen. And then disappointment comes when there's just a mismatch between the two. Like you're believing it should happen. You're expecting that it will happen and then it doesn't, which is literally the recipe for disappointment. Now, when you're in the land of your personal desires, your wants actually lead to opportunities, right? It's not a demand. It's just an opportunity like, hey, I want this. Do you want it too, right? And personal desires create this opening for better, right? It's just like you're opening the door for better and you're like inviting your spouse to come in with you. And what I also find is that when you are really just deeply grounded in your desires as opposed to expectations, you are aligned with the improvements, meaning it's not forced, right? When it's just like, I want this, like, do you want it? Can we create it? That's so much lighter, right? You'll feel so much more at peace. You'll feel so much more just like operating in flow and in sync with each other versus when you have an expectation and you're trying to get that expectation met, it's more forced, right? So I want you to just think about expectations that you have in your marriage currently. And I'm not really talking about expectations that are agreements where you both have already decided, yes, this is something we are both on board with, that we're both committed to. Like it's an established agreement. Yep, we agree to this. No, we don't agree to this, right? But I want you to think about expectations that maybe are not being met, that perhaps your spouse isn't 100% on board, either very directly or indirectly by their inaction, right? So I want you to think about those types of expectations. And I want to layer on this idea that expectations are often rules that are made up. They're literally just rules made up, (laughs) right? And so where they're made up from is variable, right? It could be from somewhere, you heard or saw on TV. It could be from someone that you saw do certain things, right? We don't ever really know where we get some of our expectations from. And they're also not often questioned. So I see so many people, though, hold on to expectations and they hold on to them so tightly even when it doesn't make sense for the experience that they are having or the circumstance that they are in. And those expectations are not being fulfilled, right? Their partner is not making the progress they want, or their partner is not on board with doing it that particular way. And Whenever I encounter someone that has an unmet expectation that they're holding so tightly to, 
It reminds me of the analogy that I've mentioned, I'm sure, on this podcast several times now, where you're sort of looking at a horse and wanting it to be a chair. It's just not what it is, and it's just not what it's going to be, right? Now, in marriage, we have a little bit more of a gray area. I don't think things are always absolute. There are times when this expectation is just not being met right now, and maybe it will be later, right? But I want you to just recognize that when you hold on tightly to some expectations, how much frustration that creates for you. And frustration always leads to you resenting your spouse, right? Because they must be wrong and the expectation must be right because you're holding on so tightly to the expectation. So if the expectation is right and they're not doing it, of course they're wrong, right? They're the person that's wrong. So I want you to consider, I want to invite you to think differently about expectations. And I want you to just begin to ask yourself the question, like, what if the expectation isn't right? Right? What if I've been holding on to this thing, saying that it should be this way, and maybe it shouldn't be that way. Maybe this expectation isn't right. And it may not be right for right now, right? Some experiences and dynamics in a marriage are temporary. So maybe an expectation you have is not the right expectation for right now in the season that you are in, in the season that your spouse is in, in the season that your marriage is in. Maybe the expectation is not right for your spouse, right? Maybe there's nothing inherently wrong with the expectation, but maybe it's just not a right fit for the person that you're married to, right? This happens a lot, especially in couples where maybe one person is more introverted and the other person is more extroverted, where you're wanting your spouse to be more outgoing and more sociable, and that's just not who they are. So that expectation in and of itself is not a wrong expectation, but it's the wrong expectation for the person that you are married to, right? And then I want you to also just consider the idea that possibly it's the wrong expectation for you, right? It's just not fitting you being able to access the peace, the harmony, the love, the connection that you want. And so... Maybe it's just the wrong expectation for you as well, right? And I offer you this lens because I want to get you to the place where you can question your expectation and put it on the table and just, you know, take yourself to the place where maybe this is wrong. I want you to take yourself all the way there because when you're able to sort of create this balance where you're not holding on so tightly to it anymore, where you've considered other possibilities, then you get to decide if it's an expectation that you want to keep. And when we only look at one side of an expectation and we hold on so tightly to it, we miss what else there might be available for us to learn, grow, and experience in the absence of that expectation being met. Right. So I want to offer you five points 
in this process of beginning to question your expectations. Again, this point is to question it, dissect it, and then decide. Again, right? The title of this is questionable expectations. Let's just question it because we never question it. And if it's not helping your marriage, then it's definitely worth questioning, okay? So the first thing I want you to do is get specific about what the expectation is. I often hear very vague expectations. Things like, we should spend more time together, or my partner should help out more, or we should be talking more. And I want you to just get really clear about what does that actually mean? What does spending more time together look like? Does that mean you're spending an extra hour together a day? Does it mean you're going out on a date night once a month, right? Like what does that actually mean? And so much of the mismatch of expectations sometimes is just not being clear about what you're even talking about. And some of you may be listening to be like, well, you just know what I'm talking about, (laughs) right? It's like, why do I have to define it? Why not, right? Why not define it? Why not quantify exactly what it is you want? So then you can really assess, is this happening, right? So anything you want in your marriage, the likelihood of actually obtaining that is increased the more specific you are. Because then everybody's on the same page, you can track your progress, and then you just know because you have a quantifiable way of looking at it, right? So that's the first thing. You have to get very specific about what the expectation is and quantify it, right? So again, helping out more vague turned into very specific would be when you come home, I want you to, you know, watch the kids while I cook dinner for an hour. And then I want us to all sit down and eat dinner together. And I want you to help clean up the dishes afterwards. That's specific. That is something that a brain can sort of process and register and say, yep, I can do that. Right? So that's number one. Number two is you have to accurately assess what is happening now with regard to that expectation. Right? Because your brain is going to automatically find where it's not happening right? It's going to focus on the lack. It's going to look for a problem. And when we allow our brains to do that without checking it, we miss when our partner is actually meeting an expectation, right? So you want to take yourself to the place where you're proving to yourself that it is happening on some level, right? So if it's spending time together, Your brain might really want to tell you, we never spend time together. Your brain is so dramatic, just like mine, (laughs) right? Everybody's, everybody's brain is dramatic, okay? But when you begin to just question that and prove to yourself, okay, like, well, it's not true that we never spend time together. You're proving to yourself that it is happening on some level. So you would be asking, okay, when do we spend time together? Well, we eat dinner together. Well, we talk for a little bit before we go to bed, right? Well, we call each other on the way home from work, right? 
you want to begin to document where it is actually happening on some level. And the reason this is valuable is because you always want to be creating a better marriage from a good, strong starting place. And I want you to think about the thoughts you have as the building material for what you are building. So if you're only focused on the worst, if you're only focused on the fact that you never spend time together, your partner doesn't help out enough, or that you don't talk enough, if those are your predominant thoughts, you're going to just keep multiplying that experience in your marriage. But when you can find, okay, where are we spending enough time together? Where are they helping out? Where are we actually talking? And then build from there, you're using building materials that are already good and you're just going to make it great. Okay. So you want an accurate assessment of what's happening now. Your brain is always going to look for where it's not happening, but you have to prove to yourself where it is happening on some level. Give credit, give extra credit, be generous in this assessment. The third thing is really looking at the expectation and asking yourself, why is this important to me? Right? And people will want to give a very surface level, sort of like curt answer, right? Like, well, it's important to me because like, that's why I got married or that's what I want a spouse for, to be able to be a team and support each other and spend time together and talk to each other. And I want you to take yourself deeper than that, right? Like, why is that important to you? I want you to ask, like, where did you even get this expectation from in the first place? Who said it? (laughs) Right? I love to ask my clients that question when they tell me things and they just report it like it's literally written in the Bible. I'm like, who said it? Who said that? Right? Because many of the things... We're not in the Bible. They're just things that we made up as humans that just have never been questioned. And so if it's not happening in your marriage, you have to question, does it make sense? And why is it important to you? And who said it, right? And I want you to look at when you come up with your reasons, are those reasons that you like? So for example, you could say, I want to spend more time together because I don't like to be alone. Okay, that's a valid reason. But do you like that reason? Is it a healthy reason to want to be spending more time with your spouse because you don't like to be alone? Like, why don't you like to be alone? What is that about for you? Is it healthy that you don't like to be alone? Is there some value in you learning how to enjoy the presence of your own company? Right? So you can want your spouse, right, to do something because it's good for them, it's good for you. But you could also have reasons that just aren't that great, right? Like one example I can think of is like, if you want your spouse to help out more because it's like, well, I'm suffering, they should suffer too. I'm struggling. I'm tired. We should all be tired too. Right. There was a time where I really thought that I was like, listen, we have small kids. Like, no one gets the luxury of sleeping. So, if I can't sleep, like, you shouldn't be able to sleep either. I didn't really like that reason when I thought about it. I'm like, that's not my most loving, caring, kind self. Right. 
So you want to investigate your reasons. Why is it important to you, right? And so a better reason for an example like that would be, well, I just want to be in a relationship where it feels like we are a team. That's important to me. Team and collaboration is something that I value. It's something that I grew up experiencing. It helped me. And so that's what I want in my family, right? That would be a better reason than you should suffer too, right? Okay, so point number four is really beginning to ask yourself, what do you make it mean when the expectation is not met? What's the story you tell yourself about you, about your partner, right? Usually what I hear is something along the lines of they don't care, they're selfish and inconsiderate, they always complain, I'm not that important, we don't want the same thing, right? We make up very dramatic stories for what we make it mean if a spouse isn't meeting an expectation. And I just want you to begin to question, like, what if that's not true at all, right? So like, they don't care. That's a very common belief that people have when a partner isn't meeting their expectations. Well, they just don't care. They just don't care about me. They just don't care about what I want. And I want you to ask yourself if that's something you've been saying, like, where is that false? Where's that belief that they don't care false? How is it just not true? What is the evidence that they do care? may not be the exact way you are looking for it, but if you're together, they care. They care, right? So just challenge the stories that you might be telling yourself that just are unhelpful and that make you feel bad and that make you show up in not the best way. And then the fifth point is really being honest with yourself about this question. Does the expectation make sense right now? Does it make sense right now to hold on to this expectation? What is it costing you to hold on to it? What would it look like and be like if you just let go of it for now? And doing that from a place of love, not resentment, right? I was coaching a client today and we were talking about the difference between tolerating something in your marriage versus accepting something in your marriage versus preferring something in your marriage. And a lot of times people, you know, let go of expectations from a place of resignment where they're just like, well, my partner is never going to do this. So I might as well just give up on it. And so they let it go, but it's more like they're going to tolerate what's happening and they let it go with resentment. I want you to think about what would it be like for you to just let it go from a place of love, from a place of love for yourself and your peace of mind and a place of love and honoring who your spouse actually is and how they're actually showing up. This is something that I think about a lot with, you know, usually in the couples that I see, there's one person who's very tidy and neat and another person who may have things like a little bit more all over the place, right? And there's so much judgment in that sometimes where the partner who's more neat and tidy literally judges the person who is less tidy. And what would it look like to just let an expectation like that go 
without the judgment, right? Like there's no need to judge each other just because you're different on certain things. One way is not necessarily better than the other, right? So what would it look like to let that go from a place of love? What would you start doing instead? What would you stop doing? And then what would be the benefit? What would be the benefit of just letting the expectation go? And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how would your spouse feel if you stopped pressuring them and complaining to them about this thing? How would they feel? What would happen for them if they no longer felt pressured and criticized for not meeting this expectation. Okay. So again, before you hang up on me, (laughs) I want you to know that I'm offering you this process because if you have an expectation in your marriage that's not being met, you have to question it. Unless it's a deal breaker. Like if you already know it's a total and complete deal breaker, That's a different conversation, but I'm talking about those expectations that are just sore points and issues and sources of frustration for you. And so if it's not happening in your marriage and this expectation is not working, you have to question it, right? Not because what you want doesn't matter, but because you really want to understand like, where the expectation is coming from and is there an opportunity for growth for you when it's not being met, right? Like maybe your partner is not supposed to meet this expectation right now because there's something for you to learn. There's some way for you to grow. There's some way for you to evolve in the absence of it. This was something that I had to learn a lot. I am a words of affirmation person but I would use other people's words of affirmation to validate myself. And I married a a spouse who that is not his love language at all, right? He doesn't think to be very verbally affirming naturally. And so in the absence of that expectation being met, I had to learn to validate myself. I had to learn to praise and appreciate and encourage myself. Whereas If he had been abundant in that love language, I would have never had to learn that. I would have always been dependent on the accolades of other people. And so in hindsight, I'm so grateful for that, right? So just think about like, is the fact that your spouse may not be meeting this expectation an opportunity for your growth, for your development, for you to become the best version of you, right? And so just to loop back around to the point of desires versus expectations, right? You always want to be leading with desire and invitation. And your desires are valid. They are honorable, right? But you don't want to make demands. And expectations, more times than not, are demands, right? And Speaking of desires, speaking of invitations and opportunities, I have to let you know once again about the Better Together Couples event that is happening in just a few 
weeks. It is October 22nd through the 23rd. It is a virtual event. Friday is a date night. Saturday is a couple's workshop. It is absolutely free for you to attend. This event is my offer to show you what it's like to work together as a couple to become better, better as individuals, better partners. And that's what we're going to be doing in this event. I am so excited. I can't believe it's like just a few weeks away. And I really want to encourage you to come. You're going to learn so much. You're going to connect with each other in a way that you haven't done in years. Probably you're going to have conversations you would never be having. That is one of my superpowers. Every couple that I ever talked to was always like, we would have never had this conversation. And I want you to think about what is the value of having a different conversation in your marriage than the ones you've been having already? How much more progress can you make just by having one higher level conversation? That will happen at the Better Together Couples event. How you register is you go to my website, drshavon.com. There is a button right there that just says Better Together Couples event. You click that, you register. I send you all the things you need. And when you register, you actually get access instantly to a couple's classroom, which is a customized set of videos that I've created for the couples registering for this event. So you absolutely want to register. So I'll see you there. Okay. I'll see you in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I will be back with you next week for another podcast episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. All right. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.